You're listening to On the Brink, a podcast that brings you up-and-coming country music artists. We expressly prohibit the reproduction of any parts of the podcast without our written consent. Please send your request via onthebrinkpodcast.com, where you can also sign up for updates. Please also support our sister site, stonecoldcountry.net. We sincerely thank you for listening and congratulate you on your expanding music library. Hey y'all, Santa here. I'd like to thank Recruiting Awesome for sponsoring this On The Brand podcast episode, The Mo Bandy Interview. If you're an organization that is looking to hire new employees, I would absolutely recommend that you go to recruitingawesome.net and find out more about this stellar organization. They have over 15 years of experience in the talent acquisition and HR consulting space. They are absolutely able to put your organization on the right expansion plan. If this sounds appealing to you, then why not just give them a call right now? That phone number is 1-800-748-0518. Once again, that number is 1-800-748-0518. Or you can visit them at recruitingawesome.net. They take the worry out of recruiting. And don't forget to tell them that you heard the good news from Santa. This was one of the most inspiring interviews that I've had the pleasure of conducting for On The Brink. I will tell you, uh, Mo Bandy is just such a humble and down-to-earth person. And for those new listeners to real country music, I'll tell you a little bit about Mo. So Mo has had five gold albums, uh, ten number one hits. He's been awarded by both the Country Music Association and the Academy of Country Music, without mentioning all the others that have awarded Mo. And he's an inductee in the Texas Country Music Hall of Fame. And really, his accolades go on and on and on. I could literally spend hours just talking about all his accomplishments. But I was really struck by four different things uh, throughout the interview with Mo. The first thing is how humble he is. Despite being a living legend, when I was talking to him, it was like talking to my next door neighbor or something to that effect. He's never forgotten who he is. And that's so refreshing. And one of the reasons I say that is because he was willing to share about, you know, a part in his life in the past that, you know, maybe wasn't the greatest, you know, part of his life where he was uh, battling the bottle. And he was willing to do that with the hope of maybe helping someone who's listening to the podcast. And so he gave, you know, his story and how he came to the decision of, you know, moving forward and how he's been able to maintain his sobriety for 35 years, y'all. Wow. The other thing that struck me about Mo is how much he truly loves his fans. I know everyone says that, but he actually proves it. Firstly, he's never stopped touring. He loves connecting with his fans. Keep in mind that he was born in 1944. That doesn't stop him. He stays in shape by working outside. As a matter of fact, he likes to work on a lot of different projects. And he told me that he was in the process of remodeling a home that he owns in Missouri. So he stays fit not only physically, but mentally. Very positive person. It was a joy to speak to him. And then the last thing that kind of sealed the deal for me was how much he truly loves America. And so remember, he was born in 44, so he's lived through the 60s and the 70s and our current time. And I asked him, you know, what do you think would bring, you know, us together as a nation? And he had some advice based on, you know, the things that he's seen throughout his life. So without further ado, I present to you the Mo Bandy interview. And I hope that at the very least, it gives you a cause to pause or that you walk away inspired like I was. Hey, Mo. I did it. I'm so happy. You did it. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing How great. Oh, I'm Lord. We, we have so much. First of all, I, I want to thank you for taking time out. Your new album is just amazing. We, um, you know, we're going through your book. And also, you know, your new album, I mean, it's all so good. There's so much I want to ask you about. Um, but let, let's start, you know, I guess, a little bit from, you know, the beginning. I don't want to, like, 
you know, bore you to death with you having mm-hmm. to, you know, go through like your whole entire life, what, you know, how you got mm-hmm. started. Because I think yeah. you've talked about that quite a bit. So, but I mm-hmm. did want to talk to you about your rodeo days. Um, I, you know, I know that that's probably maybe one of the ways you got your start in the music business. Is that right? Well, uh, I, uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a bull rider. Uh, and who my, didn't? <laughs> yeah, right. And a singer, of course. Both I had both those dreams. And uh, we were ra- the reason I felt that way. I was raised working on a ranch and riding, uh, you know, horses and sure calves and all that stuff. And I want to be a bull rider. And so. My brother was a great bull rider, my younger brother, and he he uh, won the Texas State Championship, and then he uh, went on to go to the national finals seven times. And, oh my uh, goodness! But I, uh, I I and I rode for a while, but I I just wasn't that good, and uh, <laughs> I got banged up and hurt, and so I figured I better get back to where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I can understand that. So did you um, sing at the rodeos while your brother was actually competing? or? Well, uh, later on I did. Uh, we we did rodeos all over the United States and Canada where Mike would ride bulls and I would play the music. And uh, when I had bandied the rodeo clown, uh, ever rodeo in the world hard for me to play and I, <laughs> so I played them all and uh, Mike was riding in all of them back then so it was really neat to do that yeah I can just imagine that must have been such a thrill for you you know I, I'm going to be uh, real honest here I did not know that you were not originally from Texas I always viewed you as you know uh, a Texan mm-hmm. and you are but um, I didn't know that you were born somewhere else, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And um, I, I guess you were born in Jimmy Rogers' hometown. Is that correct? That's right. I was born in Meridian, Mississippi. And uh, oh my, my, my mother's side of the family was from Meridian. And my dad's mm-hmm. side was San Antonio, Texas. And oh, okay. uh, so we lived in, in Meridian until I was about six years old. And then we moved to Texas. And but my grandfather actually worked on the railroad with Jimmy Rogers. Uh, oh, that I, I should say he worked at the same time that they was uh, there at the same time. And pro- oh, probably God. knew each other, but I don't know how well. But uh, it was kind of a coincidence that I would go into country music. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. That that is just mm-hmm. amazing. Now you did mention a song of. Of course, you know, Bandy the Rodeo Clown. And, you know, everyone knows that I'm just a huge, uh, you know, classic country fan, especially Lefty Brazil. And I, mm-hmm. you know, just have a question about that song and how that came about. Did he, I mean, obviously he must have written it especially for you. I don't know of anyone else. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So tell well, me a little bit about that. My brother was doing really good on the Rodeo Circuit. And uh, Whitey Schaefer wrote a lot of my songs. Mm-hmm. And I told Whitey, I said, you know, I need to get a rodeo song. My brother's doing so good. And uh, one night in the middle of the night, I got a call. And it was, uh, I said, who is it? And he says, Lefty. And I said, Lefty who? He said, Lefty <laughs> And uh, he said, Whitey and I wrote that song. And Lefty sang it to me over the phone. And I couldn't wait to get in the studio and record. I was just knocked out that I got a call from Lefty. Of and, course. Uh, and so we we uh, run in there and cut it, and it just the rest was history. Oh yeah, uh, it didn't do too bad for you, Mo. I mean, uh, it, I believe it went it to worked out like, pretty good. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> number seven, not too bad. Yeah. Heck, just to have Lefty Frizzell sing you a song over the phone. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. Good Lord. And, you know, that's something uh, about your book. Um, You know, again, just jumping here. 
Uh, lucky me. I mean, I, there were so many interesting stories. You know, I was just going through and so many pictures. I mean, I think you have over 200 pictures in there. I mean, it just it really, uh, and these are pictures I've never seen before. I mean, these are all from your private, you know, collection. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about you, because I just, I found it so interesting. And there were some things that I just did not know. Um, mm -hmm. So tell me how this book came about and, and just, you know, and also tell me what is probably your, you know, favorite story in there that you included. Mm -hmm. Well, I, uh, you know, we, we go out there and do all these shows and travel and all that stuff, but you don't sit around just talking about it all the time. Of and course. So there's stories that are in all of it. And uh, so Scott England and I wrote the book, and uh, my granddaughter told me, said, I know you did all that. And I said, that's why I wrote the book. <laughs> and uh, I, I think everybody should, whether they do what I do or, or whatever, should write some kind of a, a book type thing down for their relative, for their grandkids, great grandkids, and carry on what they did. And uh, so it was a chance for that. That was one of the main reasons I wrote it for past to my family. And uh, <clears throat> the book is just, has done very well. And uh, just, so glad I wrote it. It, it, it uh, cause, you know, and just imagine all the entertainers out there that just have all these stories. Right. And, um, we did a lot of that on family reunion when we recorded those. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of those stories, but you just had time for certain amount of things. So it worked out really good for me. It was uh, something that I'm so proud I did. Yeah, it's almost like a legacy for you know. Your grandchildren, I mean, for, well, everyone in your family and all us, you know, country music fans as well. But I really like the point that you made, Mo, because I never really thought of it that way. What a mm -hmm. wonderful way of kind of leaving a written legacy for your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, golly. And, and, and they know how you think and they know uh, how you think politically or your mm -hmm. religious Whatever. beliefs. Whatever. Sure. Uh, whatever. And yeah. cause I'd love to know what my great great grandfather was thinking and uh, you know, and all that. And so yeah. what's, what's your, yeah, oh I absolutely agree with I just never thought of it that way. You know what I mean? Um mm -hmm. you, you go mm -hmm. you look at a book and you say, Wow, this is just amazing. But that is just so moving and gives it, you know, that much more authenticity, you know, because you had that in mind when you put it together. And, you know, I just want to thank you for sharing that legacy with us because you could have, you know, put together the book and just left it for your family and rightly so, mm -hmm. but you decided, right. you know what? I want to share it with my fans too. And that's just mm -hmm. amazing, you know? So um, with that being said, is there a story in the book that kind of stands out for you that you were, you know, happy to share or kind of hesitant about sharing? <laughs> well, I don't know about that hesitant for it. Uh, there's so many things that I've done. One of the big things that, that I was always proud of is played the Houston Rodeo at the Astrodome. And uh, my mother and dad, they brought them in and had box seats and they watching us. And my brother won the bull riding that day. Oh, wow. Oh, so that's that amazing. Just quite a night for us. And, and uh, played the Astrodome was a thrill anyway and right just mm -hmm. things like that 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 we did and just uh was wonderful i'm so blessed you know well who can say that right <laughs> right right how yeah. many people can actually say that well you know my brother won the rodeo champion and i happen to be singing at the houston national i, I just don't think many people can say that to be honest. no that's not me mm -hmm. <laughs> good lord well um you know, I also was really um, curious about, um, you know, because I do know uh, some of your background and, you know, how you got started and everything. And it seems like there was a name that kept coming up, and that name was Ray Baker. Can you tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about Ray Baker? Well, Ray, a uh, uh, publisher, had a publishing company in Nashville, and he had produced several 
records, and uh, he came to San Antonio on a hunting trip, and I went and approached him, and uh, he come see me play that night, and uh, we started doing sessions, and it just worked out good. It was a perfect match where uh, we recorded, and he produced the records, and we had a really good run. Wow, that's great. Now, he helped a lot of people along the way, huh? Yeah, see, he, he produced a lot of uh, albums and uh, had published on a lot of songs. Yeah, yeah, he, he absolutely was. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that that fateful meeting really changed your life? Yes, it did. It, it, no doubt about it. Uh, right. And we recorded several albums where I would pay for and, uh, you know, go to Nashville. And I was about busted. <laughs> I was busted. <laughs> And uh, finally, we we got a song uh, called "I Just Started Hating Cheating Songs Today" that took off and and it opened the door for everything. You know that is actually one of my favorite songs of yours. Yeah, and that song actually, you know, um, probably got everything going, you know, for you. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, it mm-hmm. just, and then you had so many after that. But that is one of my favorite songs. But my all time. <laughs> Favorite mm-hmm. most dance song is "I Cheated Me Right Out of You." I love mm-hmm. that. And let's mm-hmm. go ahead and hear that right now. All right. Okay. Great. After hundreds of lies, fake alibis. Too many times Laying out all night After too many women Too many times of acting free After all this time of cheating I've been cheating me Yes, I cheat Time you're gone, I gamble that you'd never walk out and leave. I cheated you, now I'm cheating me. Yes, I cheated me right out of you. Back then, I noticed everyone was real clean cut and all this stuff. And I noticed you, your hair was a little bit like on the uh, collar. Did that cause any issues, <laughs> you know, in no. Nashville? 
Well, it, I was all clean cut back then. I was just trimmed up good. But oh. it kind of got to where <clears throat> at one point there, uh, everybody had pretty long hair, you know, not real long, but it was just uh, longer hair. And so I kind of went along with that. But, uh, you know, and then as it, it's funny how you see that. And then as the time goes, you see those haircuts start getting shorter. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then your long hair came after, probably in the early 70s, maybe. Yeah. I, I started in the 60s playing in uh, Texas in the the bars and honky tonk. And uh, my first record uh, broke in 73. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so. Okay. okay gotcha. All right. Okay. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, that there was this big outlaw movement. I know you weren't part of that, but um, mm -hmm. you know, with Waylon, and I, I think that kind of influenced a lot of the style. Um, you know, mm -hmm. back then. Um, and then you had you know David Allen Cole, all these people, Johnny Paycheck. You know that you know all around mm -hmm. that time. Um, so all right. So that's good. So there, you know that was just kind of something that came up after you know and. <laughs> And you started out uh, pretty much, you know, everyone's pretty clean cut back then. Um, going back to your book, Mo, um, who was afraid to be in the book? <laughs> Were there who, any was <laughs> who was afraid to be in the book? Like, for example, any, um, you know, any of your associations in country music with were they calling you up saying, hey, don't don't put me in there or hey? <laughs> oh, I had a bunch of nervous people there. Yeah. I uh, I really tried just I, I didn't want to put down nobody and uh, of course I, I and I told a lot of people that don't worry if it, if I put you in there it's gonna be good and that's what I did but uh, oh, you know anybody writes the book you can put all kind of good stuff in there about different things but I I didn't want to talk negative about anybody of course not and that's one thing you're. All your music, um, even though you know you do have some real tear jerking, heartbreaking, you know, to, to me, you know, the way that, um, because I, I was raised on all this music, my, my dad was just a huge, uh, you know, classic country fan. Now it's classic country, you know. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I have taken into consideration that I'm, I'm what they call, uh, I'm between a, a Gen Xer and millennial, I guess. And so, you know, I, my generation, this music, uh, if their parents weren't listening to it or grandparents, they're not going to know a lot about it, you know, unfortunately. Um, so I was fortunate enough to grow up listening to Lefty, to Hank. I, I listened to, you know, all the people from back in the 50s um, and all the way through. And so I've, I've always known, you know, what real country music sounds like. Um, so your music to me, Mo, to me, and so I'm going to ask you, you might see your music in a different way, but to me, your music is stone cold country. It's pure traditional country music to me. It's not, it's not only the arrangements, you know, the, uh, how you arrange the instrumentation, but it's what you sing about too. You sing about real life. And to me, that's what country music is all about. At the end of the day, you are talking about life, you know, and, and life sometimes can be messy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so do you see your music in the same way that, that I'm sharing mm -hmm. with you? Do you see it like stone cold country music? Do you see it about, you know, that it's about real life or do you have a different mm -hmm. take on things? Well, music is about feel and mm -hmm. uh, you hear music and you, you think of where you were at that time, what was happening, and, and things that were going on. And um, so we we found songs about life, you know, that we have heartaches and we have uh, happy times. And, and I tried to mix it up where, you know, and also if, if it was a song that had a lot of heartbreak in it, uh, you kind of tried to fix it up or if a guy was bad he got good you know that type of thing. right yeah um, no but it absolutely just felt life in general right your music always even and i was about to say even the you know the saddest songs always seem to have like this underlying optimism you know mm -hmm. uh, throughout the song you know so you did that purposely 
Yeah, I, I didn't want to cut a song that, that where you put down anybody or or where the guy's bad and he stays bad. <laughs> right. We tried to heal that up as much as we could. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, that's what I liked when I was reading through your book. Um, because you got, you know, just a little bit into politics about, you know, your relationship with um, the presidential family, you know, with the Bushes. And I really, um, there was a part in there that I just, I really like how you spoke about them and how, you know, some of the negative things that you would see um, in the media kind of bothered you a little, you know? Um, it, it did, and it has. Uh, I, uh, I, I wanted to point out that that, family was really down to earth people that were uh, trying to better our country and uh, you hear all this stuff about their evil and bad and this stuff and uh, they were so good to me and then of course Barbara Bush wrote the forward to the book yes and they were just so good to me over the years and I I wanted to really show that you know to the people right Right. Mm -hmm. How, you know, you've been in the business, um, golly, it, it over 50, you're going on 60 years in the business here in two years. I, I actually have, uh, about, about 65 is when I started playing. Oh, Lord. So yeah, I've, I've been in a long time. Yeah. So you've seen everything. I mean, you've seen, mm -hmm. heard, you know, everything there is, um, and um, you lived through the tumultuous uh, 70s, you know, because there, you know, there was a lot of social unrest then. And a lot of mm -hmm. people have said, you know, we're going through something similar now. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't know because I didn't live through that time. So I have no reference point except what I read and, you know, see on TV. Right. So since you right. lived through that time, I'm going to ask mm -hmm. you something about, um, you know, again, not, you know, going to any type of, you know, political party or anything like that. I'm talking about people. Mm -hmm. So my mm -hmm. question to you is, Mo, from your experience, you know, living you through, know, you know, sometimes that were tough in our nation's history, what do you feel would be the best way for, you know, people to come together? I mean, what what can be done? And let, let's leave political parties out of this. I don't want to talk yeah. about, you know, anything like that. I just want to... Out of your experience as a human being, as an American, someone who loves their country, who's lived through a lot of different things, how can we come together on things? I mean, what's going on? Well, I think uh, we've got to love our country. It, 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 by far, no doubt about it, there's no other country in the world as good as our country. Amen. I've, I've traveled all over the world, and I've never seen a place even close to where we're at. And uh, we need to get people to respect our flag and the country and our constitution and get, instead of trying to change our country into some other country, uh, if we're going to unite, we need to unite behind uh, the country that our forefathers set up. And every country's got flaws, we got things we did wrong, but we, this is now, and we can't change that. And uh, the, the somehow we've got to teach people that we're not bad. We're a good country. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. it really bothers me that I see these people that are wanting to, to totally change our country into a different country. And that's not, that's not what I like. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of amazing because um, so many options, um, you know, like, for example, um, you know, my, my dad uh, grew up in a itty-bitty town in North Carolina, and he just hated it <laughs> there. <laughs> so he, he moved. When he you know, married my mom, he moved somewhere else. <laughs> he didn't yeah, stay. Right. He didn't like it. Um, yeah. So you, know, you can apply that to almost anything, I think, you know. Right. Um, you can find flaws with everybody, everything. We're all sinners. And uh, so if we... If we concentrate on trying to go back and find all the bad stuff that everybody's done, uh, it's, it's, there's no good. I mean, look, we've improved it, and uh, it's it just people that dwell on all this bad stuff mm -hmm. that we've done. We've got right. to get over that. 
Right, we can learn from it. You know, that's what sure. I'm saying. You learn, you learn, you learn from and improve it. it, but don't uh, try to change our whole country because of it. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, you just learn from it, improve, because it's always good to go back and see. And that's like with anything, Mo. Um, yeah. You know, when, like, you know, even when, you know, something like, I don't know, changing the sheets on a bed. Well, you know, the corners aren't right. properly said, well, you go and do it again. So you get it right, um, you know, and right. that's a very simplistic way of saying something, but the uh, overall idea is the same. You you right. learn from your mistakes. Um, you don't bury your mistakes. You, you know, own your mistakes, right. and then you move forward, you know, wiser because you have a reference on. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's, right. it's kind of a missed opportunity, don't you think? It, it's definitely that. I mean, uh, you... You always want to improve everything, and uh, you you find out what you did wrong and move on, and don't yeah. sit and mm-hmm. dwell on that. Yeah, yeah try know. not to do it again. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what it comes down to. Well, like I was telling you before, we're really loving your new album, and you know, there's a, a couple songs on here that just are getting a lot of traction. Uh, so I wanted to go ahead and you know play one. Uh, there's one called uh, It's All Over Town, and I just, I'm loving this song. Do you have a story about this song? I mean, how did it come about? Well, Leona Williams wrote it, and oh. uh, who's a dear friend of mine, and uh, it's just a song about a bad guy, beating <laughs> <laughs> and all that stuff, but at the end, he heals it all up and turns out good. You don't think it's about Merle Haggard, do you? I don't think so, but you never know. You never uh, know. Well, let's go ahead and hear that song. Okay. This morning over coffee at our little town cafe They were talking about somebody running around They say he has a family and a baby on the way And it didn't take me long to see They were talking about me It's all over town They're spreading it round Talk is cheap And so easy found The truth is she's waiting I just hung up the phone It's all over town But it hasn't reached home Just walked through the door Somehow I've got to tell her That we can't do this anymore She must have read my mind Cause I never said a word She said it's all over Cause this is what she heard It's all over town They're spreading it round Talk is cheap And so easy found The truth is she's waiting I just hung up the phone It's all over town But it hasn't reached home 
know someday I'll have to pay for all the hurt I've caused And I thank God for saving me before I lost it all It's all over town They're spreading it round Talk is cheap And so easy found The truth is she's waiting I just hung up the phone it's all over town, but it hasn't reached home. It's all over town, and I'm heading home. All right, it's all over town. That is a great song from Miss Leona. Oh, Lord. So she's still writing some great songs, huh? Yes, she's great writer and still writing great really good that's amazing well you know you tend to work with a lot of great people and uh, i know that you and jimmy cap you know had you know kind of a long relationship when he passed on not too long ago uh can you tell mm -hmm. us a little something about you know the work that y'all did together well jimmy and i i've known jimmy for i've known him for 30 years probably uh mm -hmm. he played on a lot of my records probably most of them, and uh, we, so we knew each other, and he uh, is a great producer. I, I asked him if he would produce some records on me, and I, I had done two albums with him before this project, and so we're just very good friends, but he, he not only, he's played in so many sessions, he was a genius in the recording studio, he knew he ever moved, and he played uh, on this album, he played uh, regular rhythm guitar, he played gut string guitar, he played dobro, he played uh, lead guitar, he played everything. And uh, he really poured his heart out, and this was one of his favorite albums. He was so proud of this album. And we had no idea we'd lose him, you know, right after it came out. But uh, it was I was just honored that I got the opportunity to work with him like that. Now that was the last album he did. Is that correct? Yeah, that was the last album. And uh, oh, golly, we didn't have any clue that you know we wouldn't be doing more albums. We was already talking right. about doing another one. Oh know? my gosh, that's and, something. Uh, but it um, it just and you can feel Jimmy in there, the all the guitar work and everything. You feel that is heart was in it oh yeah i can just imagine i mean what so you said it was something that was very unanticipated so i mean how did you get the news where were you who did you hear from um how did you hear that jimmy had passed on well jimmy had been sick for a while and he was in the hospital and uh, really a, a rough deal because michelle his wife couldn't come mm -hmm. see him and so he was sitting there by himself in the hospital and so we knew he was sick, and I talked to him on the phone several times. But we thought that he would get well and come home, and unfortunately, he passed away. Wow, wow. Now, it's, it's unfortunate. But, Lord, we have a great album, <laughs> you know, that he mm -hmm. worked on. And that, that's wow. saying something. Absolutely is. Yeah. So, um, obviously, you know, y'all worked together for, you know, for several decades. Um, he was an important part of your sound, Mo. So mm -hmm. my question to you is, you know, how would you classify your sound? I mean, how does Mo Bandy get the Mo Bandy, you know, style and sound? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, my singing is just definitely country. That's just my mm -hmm. my sound. That, that um, so I naturally want to put the the steel guitar and the fiddles and the that type of music with it. And uh, when I talked to Jimmy, we tried to go back and, and get as many of the players, a lot of the players that we used uh, years ago to keep that sound. And and uh, we did. We had several. And 
it just uh and of course jimmy and we tried to have the sound we used to have but at a more modern uh sound you know, with the new mm-hmm. technique uh, everything and uh, and it worked out really good yeah i mean you i don't know how you were able to do it because it's it's definitely stone cold you know honky tonk country music but mm-hmm. it do, it mm-hmm. sounds very fresh. It sounds mm-hmm. like something that's now. You know what I mean? It doesn't mm-hmm. sound right. retro-ish or, or nostalgic. Not at all. It sounds fresh. So I, yeah. I don't know how you did it. Because <laughs> that's yeah. hard to do. Yeah, well, uh, one thing, we had some of the musicians from the old times. And also, these guys, these uh, session players, love to play traditional country that's they are just excited when they get to play on one of these records and so it's good they don't get clipped that much anymore mm-hmm. right right mm-hmm. where where did you record the album out of what studio uh we we did it at the uh isaac studio ben isaac studio there in nashville and oh. ben isaac played bass on on the whole album and uh, sang some on it and uh, it's really nice studio. We it was fun. Yeah, it sounds like it was a lot of fun. What's your favorite song on this album? Oh, I got several on there, but uh, there's a song in there called "If," and it mm-hmm. tells about life. That if if I would have done this, if I would have done that. Oh, the "What If" sound song. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, it, Bill Anderson wrote it and uh, just uh, is one of my favorites and of course a love like that is uh, about a people that live out in rural America probably and they uh, are just happy they don't have a lot of money they haven't done a lot of stuff but they got each other and they're just happy as they can be right well let's go ahead and hear what if and that's actually one of the other songs on there that I like. I mean, the whole album, though, to be you know, mm-hmm. very honest with you, is just fantastic. I mean, it's just a Thank solid you. album. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's always, you know, a couple songs that kind of stand out for whatever reason. And actually, What If was one of those songs for me. So let's go ahead and hear that right now. All right. Uh, All right. If I hadn't struck out And lost that baseball game When all the kids laughed at me Might have tried to be Mickey Mantle Could have been hard to handle If I didn't make the major leagues And if I'd never had that first ring Just think of all the pain and hurt I could have spared If I hadn't been a rebel Started running with the devil And put all that gray in mom and daddy's hair But I can't sit around And second guess what might have been all those what ifs and if onlys will drive you crazy. But who knows where I'd be if my uncle hadn't shown me those first three chords on his guitar. Might have gone away to college, gained a different kind of knowledge. From what I learned in those old smoky bars If I'd never met Melissa And held her close and kissed her I wouldn't miss her like I do today If I'd loved her better We'd still be together If I hadn't let her walk away I can't sit around and second guess what might have been all those what is 
And if only will drive you crazy But if I hadn't found that Bible In the drawer of that motel No telling where I'd be If in my darkest hour There'd been no higher power Looking down and looking out for me What if What if What if If Is the biggest word Of all know what on god's green earth are you doing to look so good oh, <laughs> i God. mean you just look amazing uh you know mm. so many in your group uh that started out with you and everything else um you know they they don't look as as good you know mm-hmm. and they might not be doing as well either even mm-hmm. i'm talking to you uh mo and you know i i can't to i'm not talking to someone who was born uh, sometime in the 40s or 50s or something like that. You sound like somebody, you know, in, in my age group. So, you know, people want to know, what are you doing, Mo? I mean, <laughs> why do you look and sound so good? And even your your singing voice. I've heard this, uh, and I did that um, interview with Ken Mellons, and he said that George Jones had kind of warned him, you know, said, hey, once you start getting up there a little bit, your voice may change, um, but usually it gets deeper within country music. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Um, but even your voice sounds good. So do you have a secret? I mean, would you mind sharing with us, you know, what it is that you do or what you've been doing for the past couple of years? I wish I had a secret, but the main thing, I've just been blessed. Uh, I don't do a lot of uh, stuff that, Stay in shape, but I, I I like to work. I work. Uh, uh, I like to work out in the brush, clearing brush, and doing things like that. I have a little place and uh, bought a little uh, lake house, and I work on that. But I like to physically work a lot. But uh, other than that, I don't. I've just been blessed. So you stay active, is what you're saying? Then you stay. Yeah, you know, I try to stay. I try to stay busy. And, yeah, uh, you do a lot of physical work. Yeah, I, and I love to do huh. that. I love to get out and work. Okay, so that's part of it right there, Mo. See, that, that's mm-hmm. it. And um, mm-hmm. and you probably, you know, maybe you don't drink a lot and things like that. And, no, you know, that I don't was... drink at all. I, I quit drinking oh. years ago. Oh. And uh, but I drank well, my share of it, of course. But of course, I, I yeah. Think, yeah. Well, that's part of it, too. I got the I got to honking at my own tail light. So. <laughs> right. So that, there yeah. it is. So that's that's part of it too. So so okay. So the fountain of youth, according to Mo, is you know number one, staying active. So you work huh. out a lot. You know, out you know in nature, clearing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a little property that you do a lot of work around the house on. So that's number yeah. one. Number two, you've been sober for, you know, how long? Several years, decades? 30, I mean, 35 years, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. <laughs> wow. Long time Mo, ago. that's amazing. Mo, mm-hmm. you know that's amazing, right? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. good Lord. Can, can Would you mind sharing how you were able to do that? Because that's a big thing. Um. You yeah. know, most of our legends, people that we've loved, I mean, we were talking about Lefty, you know, just a couple minutes ago and things like that. You know, they've mm-hmm. all had those struggles. Um, this is no secret. Um, and, right. and some struggle their entire lives. Um, you know, those yeah. that, that make it to out of their, you know, 20s, 30s, and 40s. Um, so I, if you don't mind, Mo, I think you would be mm-hmm. helping a lot of people if you would share with us you know, how you were able to, you know, 
get kicked drinking? I mean, what's your secret mm. to that? Well, it was it got to a point. I I was drinking a lot, and I had a problem with it, and uh, it was starting to affect my family. It's starting to affect my career, but it was making it work. Bad. I just, and it was affecting my life, and I just had to make a decision: either lose it all, or or do something about it. And I did. I got some help, and uh, luckily, I've, I haven't drank in 35 years, and uh, I, I just know that for me, I, I'm better off not drinking, and and, mm-hmm. and it's just. Better for me. I am I'm the type of guy that, uh, which there's a lot of us out there that, guy or gal that, uh, just can't handle booze. And, uh, I'm one of them. So, what do you do in the clubs? Like, because you never stop performing. Um, when mm-hmm. I was, you know, looking through, you, you haven't yeah. had a break from what I've been able to tell. Um, yeah. So- it don't bother me a bit. I, I get right in the middle of it. Sometimes they spill it on me. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. People can drink all they want. I, I don't I don't look at them. I look at me. I know I can. And uh, so a lot of my friends, well, uh, uh, in the band, the guys drink. And, uh, you know, I, I just know I can't. And that's what I worry about. Right. Good, good for you. And I applaud you. Because that's tough. I mean, that is mm-hmm. tough for a lot of people. God bless yeah. you being able, you know, to do that. That's just amazing to me. See, that's the great thing about country music, Mo. Okay? So mm-hmm. we accept people with all their flaws and all their, you know, they can right. have three eyes and be, you know, right. whatever. We embrace all those warts and all those flaws and, you know, and we love on you anyway. You know, and, right, and right. we understand that people are not perfect. You're not supposed right. to be perfect. Um, right. the, the beauty is in our flaws. It's what makes us unique, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, we're, we're in a different era now. <laughs> where, we're definitely that. That's yeah, right. where you, you, you can't have flaws anymore, Mo. You can't. I know it. It's kind of interesting, and um, I'm just so mm-hmm. grateful that I was raised by, you know, uh, someone mm-hmm. that understood all those things and kind of prepared right. me. Because uh, right. now I see all this stuff, and it, it breaks my heart. You know, I'm a person of faith. And you can't <laughs> say anything if, if you got to tiptoe around your words. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I love Jesus, and um, you can't yeah. even say that anymore. You know, you have to be no. careful as well. Yeah. Um, and you can't and say uh, Anything about God or anything? No, nope. no, nope. yeah, that's, nope. that's the problem right there with the country. I think so. <laughs> yeah, taking God I think out of it. Mo, I really think so. I, I really I think that, mm-hmm, that it's because people want to do everything and they want to take mm-hmm. God out of it. You know, that's yeah. the whole thing. So you have to return back to your creator. <laughs> He's your creator right. for a reason. People don't even want to acknowledge that that right. God even exists. It's just yeah, it's just it's something terrible. else. It, it, mm-hmm, yeah. it really is. Well, who who would you say? Because we were talking about your sound. Um, is there an artist or a couple of artists that you think back and you say, "Golly, you know, if it wasn't for them, you know, maybe you know my sound wouldn't wouldn't be like this. Maybe I'd you know like something else." Is there someone that you think back and you're like, you know, that person really their music had a big effect on what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hank Williams probably and Jimmy Rogers years ago and Lefty uh, mm-hmm. inspired me a lot. And then later on with George Jones, Merle Haggard, Marty Robbins, people like that. And I had the opportunity to work with all these people, not Hank Williams and Jimmy Rogers, but Merle Haggard and George Jones and Marty Robbins. I had an opportunity to do shows and get to know all of them. And they were my heroes. Wow. Go on stage and be on the same show with my heroes. And that was just great. Oh, my goodness. Now, do you have a George Jones story? Seems like almost everyone I've talked to that's worked with George has a story. Yeah, no, I just... uh, 
thought the world of George. He was probably one of my biggest inspirations. And I, it, one time years ago, he had a flat top. I went out and got a flat top like he had. And the hair <laughs> hair. <laughs> but uh, he was just, you know, his singing was just incredible. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, he had a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a stylist. Um, now, what, do you remember the first time you ever met George? Uh, yeah, I, I, I met him years ago, just briefly, but I was doing a radio show, all night radio show in Des Moines, Iowa. They had an uh, all night show there. And uh, I, I got a call. They said, You have a call from some fans. And so they put him on the air, and it was George and Tammy. Oh my gosh. You're said, kidding. That we love your music and we're listening to you, and I went, wow! And that, so <laughs> I, I had met George briefly, just shook hands, but after that, I got to to meet them and get to know them real well. Oh my gosh! Can you? Well, mm-hmm. you've had some luck getting these surprise calls. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. One from George. Oh mm-hmm. Lord. You know, there's a, a, a song, um, and, you know, I'm not surprised that you said Hank was a big influence, because there's a song mm-hmm. that you recorded, um, Hank Williams, You Wrote My Life. That mm-hmm. that has to be, you know, in my top three Mo Bandy songs that I really like. It's just, And that song actually did really well for you, too, didn't it? I think it, it went... It did uh, very well. It was a big song. Uh, I, uh, and it... I think Hank Williams did write my life, so it, it worked out good. But uh, yeah. it, it really, it was my first record on Columbia Records. I went, I changed labels, went from GRC to Columbia, and that was my first single at Columbia. Wow. Yeah, that was a great song. Let's go ahead and hear that song right now. Cold, cold heart and a doubtful mind. I have known a few myself, and the gal that loved me half as much as she loved somebody else. You We never met, I know, and yet I know you helped my friend. And if ever I get to heaven on high, I hope you'll shake my hand. Cheating heart about a girl like 
for you Hank Williams, you wrote my life Hank Williams, you wrote my life One of the best songs ever, I think. That's real traditional country music. Um, and, you know, who isn't influenced by Hank? You know, good Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you like real country music, kind of hard not not to yeah. love him. I don't think, think anyone could do that song the way you do it. That, you know, it mm-hmm. sounds so authentic and genuine, um, especially now that I know that he was really a big influence for you. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, would love to, you know, give you the opportunity, Mo, um, to, you know, talk directly to your fans, um, you know, anything that you might want them to know about you that they might not know or just anything you want to pass on. Um, Cause you know, it's been our privilege to talk to you today and, you know, hear all about, you know, all the successes that you've had. And, you know, it's just so amazing that you have this incredible new album that is just so, you know, so great. Um, and then the book as well. But is there anything else that you'd like the fans to know? Anything you'd like to share with them right now in parting? Well, the, the fans are just so important to all of us, but uh, I just love the fans. And I I, um, I go on the road and I, I get out there in the middle of them and sign and take pictures and whatever. But the, the fans are so special. And we've gone through this pandemic thing where we can't work as much. And I right. miss the fans more than anything. And uh, they're just special. And you have the people that, um, you know, that have been with us for years, come to our shows. They brought their children with them, their fans now, and their grandchildren. And uh, used to be uh, all the people screaming and hollering now, and there. And then it was uh, my mother and dad know who you are. And yeah. n- now I'm hearing my grandmother knows you. So, wow. <laughs> and I think I'm getting to the great grandmother now. But, uh, <laughs> the people bring their kids with them, you know, and and they pass your music down their families, and so the fans are just very special. How does that make you feel, Mo? That must be just—I can't imagine what an incredible feeling that must be to know that mm-hmm. your music is so important in people's lives that they pass it down almost like a family heirloom. Uh, that is very special. I, uh, we do a lot of shows sometimes where there's just a lot of young people, sometimes more than the older people. And they're people that were raised uh, listening to my music. And that's just a thrill. That's just uh, very exciting. Good Lord. I, I just can't imagine. Well, let's tell everybody how they can get a hold of your latest CD. Like I said, this this album is just unbelievable. It's called A Love mm-hmm. Like That. Uh, just came out, just came out here. Um, so it's, it's mm-hmm. brand spanking new. 11 songs on there. They're all Stone Cold Country. Um, let your fans know how they can get a hold of this. Mm-hmm. Well, the... You can get MoBandy.com. We have all our information and get uh, songs. It's on iTunes and it's uh, Amazon I, I, and it's on all the outlets like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But MoBandy.com and uh, the book uh, is MoBandyBook.com. And, uh, but we have our website and we have all information on my where I'm traveling, it's pretty, it's pretty down right now. But <laughs> where I'm traveling, <laughs> everything I'm doing and all that, and we have the Mobandy uh, Facebook, uh, Mobandy.com, and and uh, Twitter that we're on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. So we uh, got all those things, and and uh, hope everybody can get a copy of our new album. And are you planning, uh, you know, after this whole thing, and who knows when this whole thing? Some of the states are starting to ease up from what I was reading. Are you planning on, you know, continuing your performing legacy or, 
or you, mm-hmm. you know, what, what are your thoughts after, you know, we get through all this stuff? I'm looking forward to going back out there and doing it. Uh, looks like all our uh, dates or a lot of them are moved to next year. And okay. uh, so it looks like next year will be a very busy year, and I'm looking forward to Great. getting out there on the road again. No, is that on your website too, your tour dates for the upcoming year? Uh, it, it'll be as we get them. Yeah, we're just putting all that together right now. All right, great. All right, so the fans mm-hmm. can look forward to seeing Mo Bandy on tour next year. And in the interim, you can pick up this amazing book and also get the brand spanking new album, A Love Like That, full of just Stone Cold Country songs. And Mo, we just want to appreciate you and love on you. Thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us and sharing your message of hope and inspiration to all your fans. We love you. And, you know, we just want to thank you so much. And, you know, God bless you. And we'll see what 2021 brings. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. It's your head. On the Brink 2020, all rights reserved.